1: This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we're going to dig into the second beatitude taught by Jesus in his Sermon on the Mount. That means our passage today is Matthew chapter 5, verse 4. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Well, who exactly does Jesus have in mind here? There are lots of things that we might mourn over in this world, some kind of loss of a loved one or a thing of value, something we've done that we might regret. But what does Jesus mean by those who mourn? Mourn exactly over what? And there are lots of things that might comfort us, like an ice cream on a hot day or or a comfy bed to sleep in at night. But what does Jesus mean by being comforted here? These are questions that we'll be investigating all week. And for the moment, here is today's slice of the sermon entitled Good Morning, spelled M-O-U-R, g
0: If we say we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us okay? you 're not in the truth if you 're denying that you have a sin issue because you have to deal with your sin issue in order to come to the God of truth. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness and then back to the other side of the contrast, if we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us now focus on what you know as 1 John 1 9. If we confess our sins. Notice that we is significant there. John is including all believers, including himself. Um, he often taught by contrast. He's, he's the apostle of contrast or the apostle of black and white. He, he likes to set things in opposition to, uh, to, to other things. Unbelievers, liars, heretics, Anybody denying Christ, they deny that they really have a problem with sin. What's the opposite of that? Admitting you have a problem with sin. If we are confessing our sins, he's faithful and righteous to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Unbelievers deny, believers confess. Now, confess is a crucial word. I would suspect this may have had something to do with why Martin Luther worded thesis number one the way he did it. Confess means to say the same thing, to agree with somebody, to say the same thing as the one who who, who really knows. In other words, we're calling our problems what they are. They're, They're sins. They are violations of God's eternal, unchangeable standard of right and wrong. And confess is present tense, if we are in the habit of confessing our sins. This ultimately is not really a verse about turning to Christ. It's a verse about living as a Christian, as opposed to the contrast, living as a non-Christian. So, we say the same things about our sins, we we call them what they are, they're sin. Uh, they are not mistakes, or weaknesses, or tendencies, or problems. They are they are sins. You know, we, we, we love to in our world whitewash things. Well, you know, there's um, you know, there, 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 there was an affair. Oh, an affair can be. High tea in the middle of the afternoon. It can be a a banquet. Uh, No, this is adultery. Uh, Call things what they are. We all face problems. We all have tendencies in the wrong directions. We're all weak in certain things, and different people's weaknesses are different than than other ones. But the core problem for everyone is our sinfulness. To confess our sins in specific situations is the natural um, consequence of mourning over our inborn sinfulness. We're saying, God, I, I've, I've had an outbreak again, and I understand the disease isn't going to be taken away until I'm with you, but we've got to control these symptoms we can't let this thing go on. We can't let it affect anyone else. We can't let it infect anyone else. If you love Jesus Christ, you need to love what He loves. If you love Jesus Christ, you need to hate what He hates. He loves righteousness. He hates sin. So are you seeing that those who mourn are the only ones who are going to deal with sin the way God requires? Do you realize they and they alone will be comforted? And do you realize that this is not at all the way our world thinks about these things? Um, we have a, uh, a fairly new Religion in our society, uh, most of its adherents, matter of fact, practically, none, uh, practically all of its adherents don't admit that it's a religion, but it is a religion antithetical to biblical Christianity, and it is something that is very widespread. It's called psychology one of those great words that has been hijacked. Psychology comes from the Greek word psuche, it would be spelled psyche in English. Ology, the word about. Suche is your soul. Psychology would be the word about the soul. In the sense of biblical psychology, what does the Bible say about your soul? Great word. But modern psychology starts with the foundational premise that Everybody is basically good. The problems are external. And so, in the the medical model of therapy, as opposed to confession, in the medical model, we take sins of people and we redefine them as symptoms of a disease or as the inevitable results of genetic, genetic programming. Well, it is true. It's because we're all descended from Adam, but you know what I mean. They, they'll they say that that was a person was born with this propensity to be this way. So, take an example. In the psychological model, um, someone with an addiction to alcohol, uh, not taught to repent and walk in the light, they're taught that You have a disease. Maybe you were even born with a propensity for that disease. So you need to spend the rest of your life in recovery. It's like saying, we know you have cancer, but right now you don't have symptoms. Understand, God does not teach you how to live with your sin He sent His Son to die so that you can be set free from your sins. 1 Corinthians. You know that these, and gives a grocery list of things, will not inherit the kingdom of God. And one of the things in there is alcoholics. The the Bible were just drunkards. And he says, but such were some of you. So understand... It all begins with agreeing with God about the problem. Christ died for our sins. That's where the problem lies. That's where the solution is. Now, please don't take this farther than it is meant. It is wise for a person who has been a slave to alcohol to stay away from it completely. As a matter of fact... I would suggest to you, I can't find a single good thing that happens from people uh, consuming mind-altering substances. Now, caffeine isn't included, of course. No. You understand what I'm saying? If it alters your thinking, it's a problem. You should never put the Lord to the test by putting yourself in any situation in which you, are, you, you know you're going to be tempted to dive back into your sin of choice. Uh, regardless of what sin that it is that you might happen to be particularly good at. People who uh, who find themselves physically attracted to people of the same sex, they need to deal with what the Bible says about man and woman created in the image of God as male and female. The problem is not that the rest of society treats them as victims and they need to accept them as different and understand they were really born that way. People need to get right with God. Whatever your most uh, prolific sin might be, the problem ultimately is the same. God is the one who can set anyone free from the temptation to do those things things which are an abomination to him and only a fool keeps running toward temptation instead of running away from it Second 2 Timothy 2:22 flee the word fugo be a fugitive from lust but it all begins with agreeing with him about the problem it begins with mourning over the corruption in our hearts it agrees with Saying the same thing that God says instead of redefining it in such a way as to allow us to cling to our favorite sins. So if we confess our sins, and he means in the if you're in the habit, the repeated habit, the ongoing habit, the daily habit of saying the same thing about your sinfulness as God says, then you're going to deal with it based on God's provisions for your sins. Living a holy life is never in this life, a matter of complete transcendence over your sin. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program.